Welcome to the Friday, July 27th edition of The Relevant Podcast. Coming back at you with high fidelity sound. I don't know. What a- <laughs> In color. <laughs> the Relevant Podcast is the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me is, again, the truncated editorial crew. We have managing editor Adam Smith. Hello. And web content producer Jesse Carey. Yo. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, we realized uh, through your feedback and our own observations that last the last podcast we did uh, was sorely lacking estrogen, and mm-hmm. so we decided to to boost the estrogen estrogen. Yeah, we're taking quotient, hormone shots. Uh, by, <laughs> That's yeah. what we're driving at here. <laughs> so, um, and, and today's guest is my my wife Maya. Hello, everybody. And uh, Maya, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. What do you do here at, at Relevant? My name is Maya Strang, and I am the operations manager here at Relevant Media Group. So basically that is everything that's not editorial, design, sales, or marketing. Right. I can read, um, so it's why I'm here with you guys, but otherwise, oh. I, do, I do numbers most of the That's day. actually the only qualifier <laughs> the only for, for <laughs> being hired here at Relevant. And can you read? Sadly... Um, that actually knocks out 90% of the applicants. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we had some leniency in the sales team, too. <laughs> With the whole literacy thing. Like, yeah. yeah, we'll let it slide. They're on the phone all day. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> uh, their emailing is horrible. But, yeah. um, hey, they know. sell ads. That's all that matters. Most of the spam is actually created from the relevant sales team. They don't even know what they're sending. Um, all right, so today's podcast is going to be a little shorter. A uh, little, uh, little behind-the-scenes action for you. Today, the magazine's going to the printer. I was fully prepared to not do the podcast today. I, that's my mindset. I wasn't going to do it. Jesse pleaded and begged and said, please, we've got to do it for the fans. I was like, you don't understand. They're just hounding me. I mean, I drive <laughs> home, and like the Pavarazzi's outside. They're Wait, not going to... Pavarotti. Pavarotti's outside. He's out there. He's like, where is the podcast? Oh, I want a podcast. That's what he says. And so I got to give the man what he wants. He's a big, intimidating man. And he's a, he's a national treasure. Yeah. And, well. just, and despite Wait, our of, our, of our country? Well, uh, of... He's a national treasure of any country he happens to be residing. Yeah, okay. And despite a restraining order, he's still showing up demanding a new podcast. Him, him and Tyler. Yeah. He, he hangs on Tyler's and, car. And he's standing outside Jesse's window singing at ungodly hours. <laughs> Jesse's not gotten very much sleep. <laughs> and, and so because of Pavarotti's insistence, we, we wanted to do the podcast for, for you today. It's not going to be probably as long as a normal one uh, because we actually do have actual work to do. But uh, we, you know, we figured flying through a quick one's better than none, right? That's right. Okay. So on that note, we will do the new entertainment releases coming out in theaters tonight. We have No Reservations, starring Catherine Zeta-Jones, who I absolutely can't stand yeah. in most movies. But Maya and I saw this last weekend, and yeah. this one she wasn't horrible. It was a v- very generic storyline, but it was cute. Yeah, I'm willing to bet that you will not need reservations to see this film. <laughs> Actually, we went on You may a, be on your own. It, it was sold out. I mean, wow. It was packed. It was absolutely packed. Not one well, seat available. I felt like we were at Transformers. You were there with the entire audience that's going to see this film. <laughs> that's true. See, I actually heard that people expected it to do really well because of the lack of kind of light romantic movies this summer. It's a date movie. Yeah, yeah and there is. hasn't been a lot of those. And that, you know what, this one you will not remember six months from now that you even saw this movie. Mm-hmm. But when you leave the theater, it was fine. Yeah. You know, check yeah. your brain at the door. Just relax. Yeah. That's, you yeah. know what? That's actually what we were wanting. Uh, also coming out, I Know Who Killed Me, starring uh, Lindsay Lohan. Poor Lindsay. <laughs> oh, yeah, Aww, yeah she's in a rough sad. place right now. 
Uh, jail? No, she's not. She's out on bail, right? 25000 That's all? For a felony? Yeah. Well, she's yeah. rich in, in Hollywood. What does that mean? Uh, special. They get the they get the special treatment. The discount. Yeah, they get the exactly. felony discount. Uh, exactly. Her and Pavarotti. Uh, <laughs> uh, also coming out. My favorite. Highly anticipated. Who's your caddy? Oh starring, man! Starring I can't Big wait. Boy and other. What? Not D list. I mean, we're talking like probably M or N list yeah. celebrities. This, I mean, it's down there. This is going to be the sleeper hit of the summer. <laughs> People are wanting that light romantic fair. Yeah. This is it's, the movie to go yeah. see. Yeah. They, they're not even like actual celebrities. It's like, hey, there's that guy from, I don't know, he's in something. <laughs> I think he was in the background of that one movie. <laughs> they're slightly reminiscent of, yeah. uh, slightly <laughs> recognizable. Like, yeah. I kind of think I've seen that guy before. Yeah. But uh, mark my words, 10 years from now, people will quote this movie to the same degree that they do Caddyshack. <laughs> Either that or exactly the opposite of what I just said. <laughs> uh, and also coming out, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Either I'm excited about it or I'm horrified. I'm not sure. The Simpsons movie. So, you know, after, yeah. what, 10 years of talk, mm-hmm. it's finally coming out. I'm filled with trepidation. I'm I scared. I honestly, I'm scared because I want it to be epic. Like the Simpsons mm-hmm. movie, when they started talking about it 10 years ago, what we had hoped it would yeah, be. Yeah, like it could yeah. have been. Well, they, it's not like the same writing team that's doing the show now. They actually pulled the old, a, yeah. an yeah. all-star team. And Conan O'Brien, who actually was a writer on the show for a while, the Entertainment Weekly asked him, you know, were you offended that they didn't ask you to take part in writing the film? And I actually posted a little bit of his statement. He gave like a lengthy statement at Entertainment Weekly that said, to the great expense of myself, my family, and my network, I canceled all appointments. I actually got all of his talk show. Yeah, Yeah. all of his talk show appointments. I got an apartment outside of the Fox studio. Um, they, They first said they didn't have a parking spot for me. And that they were working on it, yeah. and, then, and now they want to stop returning my calls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am very, very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he uh, he was there during the era when it was perfect, and yeah. and so. But hey, if you get all the other cohorts from that era, I actually have hope for it. I, but then I don't want to get my hopes up. Yeah, I'm I'm going expecting the worst. I really am. And so you'll be pleasantly surprised. I hope so. Dude, that's how I view life. Go in <laughs> expecting the worst, and you'll be co- continually pleasantly surprised. Yeah, wow. I wake up every morning like, well, today's going to suck. And I'm like, you know, it really didn't. It was really not too bad. So, but tomorrow's going to suck. As long as, as Bart says, cowabunga. Oh. That's, that's like back in the day when you but went that, when my Yeah, you're you talking like t-shirts. 1990. No, see, yeah. but see, Bart is the thing I don't like about The Simpsons. It's all Homer and the other stuff. It's, it used to be all about Bart. I know, which true. is when I didn't like it. However, it got smarter after that. Yeah, but as the character development kept taking place, Bart actually became a much more interesting character. And the shows that did focus on him were actually really good, like in the, the mid to late 90s. Yeah. That's I mean, true. and and Homer, but it is was clearly the, the best shirt era that I did. Yeah, you know when he was all catchphrases. Right. Did you ever own a shirt? No. no oh man, I did. Not. Did you really? Oh yeah, yeah. My parents had no problem with The Simpsons. I watched it from the very first episode on. We watched it as a family yeah, every my, week. My it was family, our favorite my show. My family loved it too. Yeah. My family was okay with it too. Other people in the church weren't allowed to watch it, but we. Yeah, were. I had friends that so weren't we're allowed like, to watch <laughs> it, but my parents never, never saw like why parents wouldn't let their kids see it did your parents let you watch it cameron we had <laughs> we had um, the youth group fellowship group at our house on sunday nights so i was right so I it wasn't an never option had, yeah i never had the tv on on sunday nights yeah probably some of the worst years of my life were when i was a youth pastor and i had to be in church every sunday night <laughs> worst ever. Yeah. and you went into I, them. i'm talking like three years of missing the simpsons and it always ate me up and inside. you went into those years like man these years are gonna suck and they yeah, did they did so it's not like it's not like i was disappointed yeah. Yeah. i just expected it par for the course well now they have tivo so yeah i know this is before TiVo technology. Um, uh, music coming out, it is slim pickings. We got The Send with Cosmos on Tooth and Nail, and we've got Common with uh, Finding Forever. So Finally. I'm yeah. excited about Common. Yeah. So I, actually, that'll probably be the feature video of the week, probably next week on Relevant TV. It's safe to say. Yeah. In fact, I know it's going to be next <laughs> week. So uh, there you go. So that's your entertainment releases. Up next, a Truncated Slices. Down to the sea and I'll take your hand Say please, please Please, please, please 
You're listening to Rod Thomas. The song is Your Love is a Tease. Dedicate that to my wife. <laughs> oh, <whoa. laughs> Back and at you, babe. I don't, know how, I don't know how that's possible. We're yeah. married. And by the way, that's Rod Thomas, not yeah. Rob Thomas. Oh, oh yeah. Before, before you go Rob. ahead and take... No, no, I'm, I'm okay. just making sure like no one is angrily taking us off their bookmarks <laughs> right now. Rob Thomas. <laughs> Match Rock 27. Yeah, talk and about jumping the shark. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Rod Thomas, currently playing right now over at Relevant.TV. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard RJD2 with Work It Out. That is a cool video. It's very cool. Video. You know that guy. You know, that's why it's the feature video of the week. Over it, it, it follows a guy who has a, an actual hip um, disorder where he, his, his legs can't fully support the weight of his body. And so he's learned to get around on these special crutches and a skateboard. And wow. he is so incredibly smooth. Agile? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy. He's like an acrobat on those things. Yeah. So you're watching it going, wow, this is amazing dancing slash, you know, trickery jumping around with these funky crutches. And you think it's just kind of like a prop for this like cool kind of breakdancing stuff. And Flynn told me that actually the guy's kind of crippled. I'm like, what? I mean, you can't tell. I mean, it's amazing. And the video is actually one shot. There's no cuts in it. It's all one long shot. It's really amazing. Wow. Yeah. So check it out over at Relevant.TV this week. Well, actually, it'll be up for a long time, but it's featured this week. Okay, so slices. We, we got, we're just going to do a couple. We're, again, short one here. So, um, Maya, you and I get to just sit back. We're passengers on this ride. So, no problem. Um, all right, so now with slices, here's Adam. All right, so uh, for those of you who are a fan of number one, Children's public television. Oh, I thought you were saying a fan of number one. I'm like, <laughs> no. I love number yeah, one. I do too. But <laughs> <laughs> if you happen to be a fan of children's public television, you said, and what, uh, what were you thinking? The number one. Oh, I thought you were thinking peeing. No. <laughs> Why that's right where I'm at. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Of. I was okay. thinking of the, no, the I was thinking I love, of urination. I love number one. Yeah. Hey, you're at the top. It's okay, the best. I was totally with okay. Maya. I was thinking urination. <laughs> so anyway, if you're a fan of children's uh, public television and gritty mafia dramas, then you're in luck. On the Christmas special of Sesame Street, none other than The Sopranos' Polly Walnuts and Bobby Bacala will take part in Elmo's Christmas Countdown, playing... Yeah, the, the guys, Tony Sirico and Steve Sharippo, will play kind of a, a parody send-up of their characters from The Sopranos. So it should be really funny. It's actually going to be a star-studded special. Ben Stiller is going to be narrating and playing Stiller the Elf. Jennifer Hudson and Jamie Foxx will be on it. Alicia Keys and Cheryl Crow. So it should be quite the spectacle. Well, I, I know. And, I was going to say, I know little children will get all those jokes and references. Oh, heck yeah. But And we may learn a little something. <laughs> So speaking of narration, you know that have you seen this movie Arctic Tale coming out like from the people who did uh, the Penguins one, Penguin, yeah. Walk of the Penguins, National whatever. Geographic yeah. is in on it. Yeah. And did you know the the voiceover, the narration is Queen Latifah? Yeah, I saw the trailer. Sound is she's it's awful. Well, she's actually queen of the region. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, well, then that makes sense. Right. Because that's the only logical explanation for selecting her. I'm kind of over Arctic movies. I mean, I know there's a lot of politics and awareness involved, and that's cool, but I'm just over them. As movies, how many Arctic movies are we, do we have to be subjected to? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, done, I'm done with polar bears, I'm man. done with polar bears. I'm done with penguins. So you're pro This is, has warming. a walrus, a baby walrus. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, well, here's the thing. It's I, bubbly and fat. You Baby walry are cute. You know, I am deathly afraid of global warming as much as the next guy. I mean, with it <laughs> in well, the probably news. Probably not as much nightmares. as the <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I sit at home and all I do is just worry about global warming. <laughs> That's all this I do. is going to suck. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh. And it we're, turns out it did. We're doomed. We're doomed. Yeah. And then, so my one escape is like, hey, maybe I'll see a fun movie. Oh, what do I got playing this week? March of the Penguins. No, I don't want to see that. Penguin surfing movie. No, thanks. <laughs> Dancing penguins. <laughs> hey, that was good. <laughs> but it's, it's a little overkill, the whole Arctic but thing. But see, this one, this one uh, is actually, you know, they, in the trailer, they make it out like they really do tackle the global warming thing. Like, because exactly. they're losing their <laughs> and environment. They solve and solve it. <laughs> the ping- yeah, the penguins solve it. Yeah. There's no penguins. It's a polar bear and a walrus oh babies and you follow them as they grow up growing up 
come on, people. I would love it if you know they set up and they're following this one polar bear or cub and whatever, and he like just gets eaten like <laughs> right at the beginning. He's done. You know, you know what I say. Well, that was that unexpected. might happen, and that might be worth go seeing. It. <laughs> that was unexpected. it was a seven minute movie. Well, whenever, whenever I watch nature stuff, I'm always just like live every week as if it's Shark Week. <laughs> live every week as if it's man versus wild marathon week. Heck yeah. Exactly. Like this last weekend on Discovery yeah. Channel. Live oh, every yeah. week as though you could throw a stick and kill a rabbit with it. <laughs> he did. That, was, uh, that was gross. Okay, so the, I, I, I forgot, um, and I don't want to forget this, so before you jump into your slice, I got, I got something. Uh, we have two weeks worth of snacks piled up here, so I want to I give attention to them and share them. I have to say, and I apologize, somebody sent in one. You know, normally I don't, I don't, I wait to open them till we're here, right? I made the mistake of opening one a couple of weeks ago in my office, and the envelope and letter got removed from the snack item, and I could not find them. Mm. So we got gummy lobsters Ooh. from Maine, uh, but they, they're spelled lobsters. Oh, gummy, yeah. gummy lobsters. It's little small gummy. <laughs> I get it. Lobsters. I think I read the, the note and they like got them at a warehouse or a, a warehouse? clearance place. Oh really? I'm sure they'll. they'll so let they're us disgusting. Know. Yeah, I think they're actually crab flavored. <laughs> ironically. <laughs> um, anyway, so we got gummy lobsters from lobsters from somebody. Thank you. We got a few more items here, folks. We have from Alyssa Graber from Freeman, South Dakota. She sent a note here. It says, oh boy, that's long. Uh, I was just about to go buy you snacks as I was listening to your July 6th podcast until, dun dun dun, you slam South Dakota. <laughs> that was a mistake, what? my friends. What did we do? I don't even We say so many slanderous things about so many people and places. Somebody wrote in from South Dakota and I go, well, there's your first mistake. Oh, okay. So I came and keep track. It was a road trip one or something? Like, me and my friends were in South Dakota. So this is the person that lives in South Dakota? (laughs) No, it's... (laughs) This is the friend of the person. No, South Dakota is worth the trip, if only for the Corn Palace in Mitchell, South Dakota. Uh, There's a photo of that right here. My goodness, you're kidding. Oh, I've seen that on the food Uh, Oh, the Corn Palace. I've been there. Have you? I haven't. What NBA player is from this town? From Mitchell? Yeah, Mitchell, South Dakota, and played in the Corn Palace. I think it's Mike Miller. Okay, I am... I'm in no way advocating arson. If it's if, not Mike Miller, it's somebody, somebody like that. If something ever happened and the Corn Palace caught on fire... And popped. What, what best fire see? ever. Yeah. <laughs> just bring everyone around with buckets and just fill them over the popcorn. <laughs> just show up with your own butter and just have at it. <laughs> it would be the it's most... Like, it's making the best of a bad situation. Yeah, it'd, it'd be, be like most, Scrooge McDuck swimming in his co- gold coins. You'd yeah. just be swimming in the popcorn. Mm-hmm. It's the mm. most delicious tragedy ever to hit South Dakota. <laughs> Um, okay, so anyway, that was a mistake, my friends. I, lo- I live in South Dakota, as you can see. I forgive you, or forgave you, and sent the snacks anyway. But first, I will enlighten you on why South Dakota is awesome. Number one, Mount Rushmore. She sent a photo. Number yeah, two, okay. Crazy Horse. He's not quite done yet. I, I guess it's a big um, Horse? Yeah. carving that they're making out of a mountain. He's yeah, not quite they've done been yet. making that for like 20 years. Number three, the world's only corn palace. And that's just naming a few. Well, yes, it is. Who else would build a palace out of corn? If you, believe her. If you ever slam South Dakota again, I'll send a complete list. <laughs> that that, that will, is quite the threat. Yeah. And, and it's really like just those three like, several times. <laughs> well, did I mention Crazy Horse? Yeah. What about uh, the Corn Palace? Here's the Corn Palace from another angle. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to send you some tasty German Mennonite food because I live in a town that's one square mile and filled with 1,300 German Mennonites. It sounds like they're just packed in like sardines yeah. right there. Like, just right out of the suburbs. <laughs> like a college dorm <laughs> situation they have there. One square mile. My goodness. Um, and that stuff probably couldn't make it to Florida. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, so instead I sent you candy that you can probably find anywhere. Very big corn candy. <laughs> My friends and I would always run to the local gas station and buy candy necklaces, giant lollies, and airhead extremes. Short walk, because the whole town's only one square mile. <laughs> Prepare to have your tongue ripped to shreds by the giant lollies. Save some for Kara. 
P.S. In regards to the mascot discussion a few weeks ago, I feel that it's necessary for me to mention my college mascot is a cobber. Yes, he is a corn cob. The school is wow. in Minnesota, and he has no affiliation with the Corn Palace. So it's just a random school. I would one. say he's at least a well wisher. <laughs> um, so here we go with some candies from Alyssa in South Dakota. We her gas station. We've had nothing but bad experiences with enormous lollipops. I, at least Jesse. They're and I. those ones that are that thing. Uh, ironically, <laughs> in, oh, in the um, Smarties. It's a big Smartie. Whoa. That's genius. I just don't know if I want that much Smarty. Ironically, there's no candy corn. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You would have thought at least. She she would have a here. theme here. Yeah. See, they don't this. think things through in South Dakota. That's Airheads the problem. Extremes. <laughs> mm-hmm. How long does it take to did it take to carve Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Uh, it's actually it's actually naturally occurring. <laughs> that's that's a result of millions of years of erosion. It was created when the Great Flood happened yes. six thousand years ago. It's merely coincidence that we've had presidents who look exactly like the mysterious faces that water and time have carved into Mount Rushmore. It's just one of those happy accidents that happen. Yep, you know, kind of like the Corn Palace. It grew. <laughs> All right, we got, we're keeping the domestic flavor rolling here. Um, usually it's international uh, snacks, but we got another one from the U.S. Johan Yang, or Johan Yang, I apologize, from St. Paul, Minnesota. You're neck of the woods, hey. right? Oh, it's yeah. got to be Johan. You betcha. Well, it's J-O-H-A-N. Yang is the last name. J-O-H-A-N, that's Johan. Johan, right, and then yeah. Yang. Okay. Maybe hey. it's Johan Yang. Uh, he's been listening... And enjoying the podcast for about a year now. So he's been listening and enjoying it. That's good. That's good. Because those are mutually exclusive. Yeah. The other night when I went with my girlfriend and some friends to watch Transformers, the ticket guy who rips your ticket in half uh, asked if you would like a Toggy Bar for a dollar. Yes. No way! At first I was like, whoa, it's the Toggy Bar. Instantly flashing back to the story time with Uncle Jesse moment. Uh, but I had to use the bathroom, so I said no thanks. While Mistake. In the, while in the restroom, <laughs> I thought to myself, hey, rarely does a movie theater sell anything for a dollar. Popcorn and pop will cost me at least six bones. So after I finished up my business and washed my hands, he's a fan of number one. Um, <laughs> I walked back to the ticket guy and asked him, what's the candy bar for anyways? As a segue to make him or make me seem not as interested in the toggy bar. For charity, he said. <laughs> cool, I replied. I'll take one. <laughs> I, I love how ambiguous Wait. it is. Charity, of course. <laughs> I sat down next to my girlfriend and proceeded to tell her the story about the Toggy Bar incident. Then it struck me that I should send you guys some of these Toggy Bars. So after the movie, All I right. picked up four oh, more of these bad man, boys. That's awesome. I know that Kara is gone for the moment, so, so I'll good. let you guys decide to do what to do with the fourth bar. My, you can have it. Thank Enjoy. You. They're actually pretty good. They're like little Debbie Nutty, bar, nutty Bars with uh, or wafer bars. I shared one with my girlfriend, and she thought they were pretty good as well. Thanks for the magazine, the podcast, and especially Relevant TV. Everything you guys do is awesome. God bless. I so, think, I think ooh, he means four Toggy Bars. Excellent. Right there, I think he means oh, Find your like uh, European <laughs> chocolate. Like a dollar. It's kind of like a dollar. It's for kids. for sick kids. Did you want a Toggy? I'll have a Toggy. <laughs> 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 Thank you. What's his name again? All right. Johan Yang. Thank you, Johan Yang. It's like the Yay. Reader Love Fest, man. Okay, so now we got, we're back to, stop sneaking a peek. He's sneaking a peek there. I had to see what's down there. All right, we got some air mail. It's royal mail, so that means it is not from here. It is from. Yeah, North- we threw off the uh, cruel shackles of uh, royalty. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's strike one, Adam. <laughs> a swing and a miss. <laughs> All right, this is from. I was distracted Tom, by the toggy. Tom, Tate, and Hannah Bill. Wait, is that four people? <laughs> Tom, Tom Tate, Tate, Hannah, and Bill. <laughs> All right, so Tom, Tate, Hannah, and Bill, thank you. Uh, from from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Ooh, oh, wow. Weird envelopes over there. Did they send you cash? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like very large. <laughs> This is a bank deposit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hello, friends. We've been avid podcast enthusiasts for quite a while. Enthusiasts, not just listeners. They're kind of connoisseurs. A particular highlight for us has been the afternoon snacks banter. We feel that our country, although it may be small, should not go without a mention in this regard due to the myriad of quality snacking options available. Um, And then they put a footnote. 
They, this is like a Bible verse here. They put like footnotes throughout their letter. Uh, the footnote to that <laughs> statement is, this may help explain the fact that Belfast is second in the world league table for heart attacks between the ages of 35 and 64. It's beaten only by Glasgow. In fact, just two hours ago, we shared a battered bounty bar with our friend and chief photographer, <laughs> Esther McCormick. Battered. Therefore, we present you for your consumption and hopeful, hopefully delight. A wee, sele- a wee, see their fans are number one too. A wee selection of Northern <laughs> Ireland's finest potato snacks. All right. Word has reached us that your fine country lacks a wide variety of flavored crisps. Uh, another footnote here. Apparently, these are better known in your parts as chips. Um, <laughs> thus, please find enclosed a selection of our favorites: cheese and onion, prawn cocktail, prawn cocktail, oh. sweet, oh, chi- right. sweet chili and red pepper, and salt shakers. Oh man! We realized that. To a nation used only to salted potato-based products, these may sound unusual. However, we, ass- we assure you that certain areas of your palate, until now lying dormant, are about to be awakened. <laughs> As tato crisps are made in Northern Ireland, we decided to visit the tato factory in order to ensure that you receive only the most quality Wait, product. Is this tato? O factory. It's like, um, T A Y T O. Tato. It's a brand like Frito uh, or something. See, I like to think that it was like someone's last name, like O factory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're Irish. Tate O factory. Yeah, Tate O factory. <laughs> oh, we're going down to Tato factories. <laughs> no, I'm sure they'll love your. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I apologize. <laughs> um, we've attached a few pictures of us during the tour of the 300-year-old castle in which they, these are made. <laughs> Notice the pure joy on Hannah's face as she embraces Mr. Tato. Now, is their castle made of corn? <laughs> or is it potato? All right, uh, another footnote here. For any child born and bred in Ireland, this is an experience akin to meeting Santa Claus, Mickey Mouse, or Callahan MacGyver. So, <laughs> well played, Tom Tate and Hannah Bill. Uh, so popular are Tato crisps that students studying outside of Ireland in the expatriate community often have them shipped out to them. Truly they are, as the Tato motto recognizes, the taste of home. As many Americans consider themselves Irish expats, we hope that in your enjoyment of these, you too will be able to echo the sentiment. Ah, uh, they're a taste of home. <laughs> and so they, they really did send photos. We'll put these, we'll put these on the uh, podcast uh, blog what at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, she really is getting kissed by Mr. Tato. And uh, here you go, guys. Check these out. That's cool. I would love to check out the uh, the prawn cocktail chips. So here's <laughs> Tato crisps. Uh, I mean, enjoy. They're, they're probably a little smashed. They didn't put them in a box. They put them in an envelope. So. <laughs> prawn uh, cocktail is the, the flavor I'm always looking for at gas stations. I can never find. Expect <laughs> part of your palate to be awakened, Adam. I am. These photos, they look extremely happy. And in the background, you can see all these little kids like who are probably there for a field trip. <laughs> and they went to see the potato chips made. So so it's two 20-somethings and a bunch of small yeah. children. What's, what's your assessment? sweet goodness of heaven. <gasps> no. Well, you can't, you can't bogart the whole there's bag. There's no way I'm putting that in my mouth. No, they're so good. I'm I telling know. you, they don't taste like shrimp. No. I promise you, I they don't taste like shrimp. I don't eat seafood. Okay, I you actually have one more here. I have one more here. This is a good day. Let this me is, smell it. See, we came in here with low expectations. This podcast is going to suck. And look at us. Look at this. It, it is. They're all yours. <laughs> all right, we got one here. Ron, I'm eating a toggy right now. All right, this is a this is a box, and it smelled like food. So I I opened it, and sure enough, what happened? I was suckered in to a publicist. Well, actually, not a publicist. An artist sent us. Bribed us by sending us a bag of Starbucks where he works. This is Joe Walensky. He's actually a singer-songwriter, and he works at Starbucks in his spare time. He has a new EP out, and he wanted to see if we would consider reviewing it. So he sent it to us, and he put a bag of uh, Starbucks blend in here. Oh, that's nice. To get our attention. No, sorry, Joe, but that's really nice. (laughs) (laughs) We will enjoy that coffee. uh, Does he have a website on there, at least, that we can give give, some props? Yeah, we, yeah, JoeWolinsky.com. It's J-O-E-W-O-L-E-N-S-K-Y.com. Go check it out. Listen to his music. We can give Joe some props here. And uh, we will. We'll check it out. We'll listen yeah. to it. So we'll see what we can do. So thanks, Joe, for the coffee. Uh, but if you're listening and you work at a label or something like that, we don't actually like bribes, so, so don't do that. Yes, please don't do that. <laughs> it doesn't work, but the food does get eaten. 
<laughs> we, yeah. And then we forget who it came from. <laughs> that's true. The food is removed from the package. The package is discarded. Oh, that's it. I'm going to try a gummy Gummy lobster? lobster? I, thought I thought you, you didn't, didn't eat seafood. <laughs> if they taste like lobster, I will spit it out. Well, Jesse said they taste like crab. <laughs> if they taste like crab, I'll spit it out. Well, because of... I, I'm imagining it's imagining it's largely because of our recent podcast where we did the horrible fast food stories. I don't know if you guys saw this. Mm-hmm. For only the second time ever, McDonald's has posted a loss. Their second quarter what? lost seven hundred and eleven million dollars. Whoa! That's wow. almost, it's Sorry, as big McDonald's. as our loss. From I, I apologize, but we we actually. <laughs> We actually lost somewhere in the neighborhood of a billion and a half dollars, <laughs> and that was all on off-track betting. <laughs> but actually, we, we talked pretty well about IHOP, and they post a, a 37% rise in earning sales and growth. Really? I don't know. I'm a, I'm, you guys are powerful. Well, they we have a lot of like, power here. They went yeah. from $4 to $7 in sales, so it's amazing. <laughs> um, I'm blowing through these, but this I felt like this one was interesting, that the Harry Potter series may overtake the Bible in sales. What? In the last 10 years. Come on, Christians, get out there. Statistics show in the past 10 <laughs> Buy years. Buy more Bibles, even if you have several. <laughs> I think on average, every American family has something like seven Bibles. <laughs> what? I re- no, I seriously, I read that. Really? Like wow. every American household has on average seven Bibles. I maybe it's probably the number sold divided by the number of households right, there are. Right. But, you know, that's that's what they say. Well, not counting the last book of the Harry Potter series, which sold eight point three million copies in just a few in one day. Up to now, there are, th- not counting that book, 325 million copies have sold over the last 10 years. Okay. That's more than the population of the United States. In the last 10 years, the Bible has sold 250 million copies. Oh, snap. So, it makes me a little nervous. We need to start a website or something. Buymorebibles.com. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, let me see if that's available. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, I was... Uh, Cruising the the World Wide Web as the kids are are doing these days, and I came across a pretty funny blog that's actually a kind of a fundamentalist Christian blog that had a lot of things to say about the quote unquote emerging church. But they did link to something that I thought was pretty funny. Buymorebibles.com is available, and I am purchasing it, and we will put up something there. Can it just be Harry Potter with a big line through him? <laughs> yes. Um, but on this sort of fundamentalist blog, I found the Emerging Church Glossary of Emergent Terms for those new to the conversation. And it is, they, they point out in their little introduction that it is satire, but some of it is pretty uh, pretty sharp. Uh, but it's basically a mini dictionary with terms like absolute, and the definition like is absolute truth and stuff. And the definition is a concept we absolutely avoid, or oh, community. Oh, snap. A group of people who have their own reality that is meaningless, meaningless to outsiders. And they also have names. They Tony Jones's uh, encyclopedia entry is the American quote unquote national director of a leaderless, unorganized emerging conversation. So they get pretty. That's. Yeah. Really, just kind of mean. Yeah, and that, I think that's what Jesus would do, though. You know, is 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 uh, openly criticize and rant against other Christians. I, I yeah. think that's definitely, yeah. you know, his life showed us an example of that kind of uh, Christian behavior. So or, I think that's wise. Or uh, missional, which is working to make the world a better place instead of focusing on fundamentalist concepts like heaven and hell. Or wow. and I had to see I had to see what they said. They said relevance, of course, is oh, in there, really. and it's telling the world what it wants to hear. Yes, so, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. We are here to tickle itching ears. But I notice a lot of these fundamentalists People want to hear about snacks. So <laughs> exactly, a lot of these fundamentalist blogs and sort of the fundamentalist culture is so anti, quote-unquote, like, emerging everything, that that's become the whole entire yeah, focus. What are they? what are they for? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's just so frustrating to me. So frustrating when people on both sides just continuously take shots at each other. It just makes us look ridiculous to the to the world well, when we're taking pot shots at each other on both sides of the issues. Well, and, and the thing is, this uh, little emergent glossary of terms, he's also turned it into 
uh, sort of successories posters where it has a picture of a guy with like all these tattoos and it's one of these oh, sarcastic um, or a guy listening to headphones with long hair. Well, it's going to bring bring people to Jesus, Jesse. You know, so <laughs> so here's the thing: like, there's there's two ways to enact change. One is to to talk about what's wrong, and 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 one is to talk about how things could be. You know, the positive the approach, and and it's just like I wish Christians would wake up to the fact that more progress and change will be made if we could point to a positive resolution or a way of living life or. This is, you know, let's point to Jesus. Yeah. Let's not yeah. point fingers and, at each other. Yeah, and there's a time for correction, rebuke. Sure, of course. And a lot of times people will bring up and they'll say, well, you know, Paul stood up and corrected wrong doctrine. But every time Paul did that, it was with someone that he had a deep relationship Absolutely. with. It was never done out of uh, the vacuum of just assumptions. Well, and he didn't write a letter to Philippi talking about those Corinthians. Exactly. Know? You know. Exactly. You know, this, this, these were churches that, for the most part, Paul started, right. that had a deep relationship with him, and he had earned that right to speak into their lives. And the thing, the problem I have when ministries start taking shots at each other is you've never earned the right to speak into that person's life. You know, you haven't invested the time in relationship to earn the right to rebuke that person because you don't know what their motives are. Right. You know, I would just love for... The generations, because it, it's not just generational, but it, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of kind of the old generation and the younger generation, and that's kind of a lot of the split you're seeing. And I would just love to have some intergenerational dialogue. Absolutely. It's like, without just accusing and saying, well, they've got it wrong, understand why they're doing it the way that they are, or they're taking the approach that they are, and at least have a larger context of an understanding for, for, for where they're coming from. It's just... It's that throwing the baby out the bathwater thing. It's like, we're right, they're wrong, boom, that's the end of the conversation. Yeah, and, and that's and, not healthy. And on both sides, it just seems like right. arrogance. Yeah, right, absolutely. You know? Yeah, and I'm, I don't want to like point a finger at just these hardline fundamentalists who are feel that it's their duty to protect the gospel. Because I know that there are people just as that can be just as sharp and absolutely. just as mean on the, on the side of... You know the, the the word emerging is such of an ambiguous term, but of the I'll say progressive right. young church, they can be just as mean. Yep. Sure, but if I feel more so. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. But and more prideful too. I mean, the, oh, the whole man, throwing yeah. the baby out with the bathwater thing is actually an approach a lot of people our age take. Like, oh, American church is so screwed up. Well, we're not going to have anything that looks anything like that. And it's like. Well, you know what? There's probably some wisdom in the tra- some of the traditions that have emerged, or you know, yeah, maybe some stuff has turned into kind of man-made legalism. But some of those things probably started in very biblical kind of foundations, and and, and to throw the baby out of the yeah, bathwater without trying to understand. Yeah, you have to search for the the root of right. how that came about, and like recapture the right. spirit behind yes. it. The thing is that that gets me is that it, it's it's. Creating divisions not only within the church, but it's also making creating subcultures of subcultures of subcultures where we're getting. I don't want to generalize, but some people have a tendency to get so far isolated from people that don't even know anything about Christianity mm-hmm. that when they see this inner fighting, that to them these terms mean nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they have no frame of reference. So we're here fighting about hermeneutics right. or eschatology. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, and we look entirely, just entirely out of touch to yeah, the rest of the world. Exactly. And then the, the rest of the world needs to find out about Jesus and see what a life-serving Christ looks like. And when they look at the church, they just see squabbling, yeah, fighting, hatred. a bunch of people taking shots at each yeah, other. Yeah, and it's just like, man, we've got to chart a better course for Absolutely. the future here. So maybe when all those people die off, we can have... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's keep taking shots at those people. <laughs> and, and I'm all... It's a joke, joke people. Yeah. No, honestly, like the, the reason that I think we're so passionate about this is because we love the church so much. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like we wouldn't be passionate about seeing the church just really re- reflect the, the attitude and lifestyle of Christ if we didn't love the church. And, right. and, I, and I'm all for... I feel like satire is a very effective way of enacting change and it can be a funny way of getting your voice and opinion heard but and i I don't have anything wrong with this particular thing but i think 
that the the whole movement that it's kind of sparked out of, which is a backlash from very progressive thinking Christians to very traditional, I think that backlash is is what is what can be dangerous mm-hmm. because it goes both ways, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't think this particular piece of satirical commentary is is the problem, right? But I think it it, it show it's reflection of the problem. Well, and a lot of the people, a lot of people will read that and be like, "Yeah, see, that's right," you know, whatever. And it, and it just would kind of stir up more of those us versus them sort of mentalities, people drawing battle lines, and that's never healthy. Uh, we need to kind of break down the lines and have dialogue, you know. So, well, that that took a left turn. Most of the segment was food. It was a, good food, it was a really was good. good turn. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say this. I uh, I curse the day that these Tato crisps were sent to us because, <laughs> like, literally, they're so good. I'm on the website now, like, looking <laughs> how I can get them shipped to, to me. Now and your it, palate has been awakened. And it you has. Now know what you're missing. There, I know there are parts of my tongue that I never knew existed, and it, <laughs> it's like this. This my wife's over here eating a candy necklace. It's it's like this <laughs> this beautiful ballet of flavor is playing itself out my, on my tongue. I can hear your necklace. <laughs> <laughs> That's from our South Dakota friend. Okay, so that'll do it for slices. Up next, your feedback. You're listening to The Alternate Roots. The song is Time is a Runaway. I feel like that. The older I get, yeah, it's like, wait a second, it's 2007? It's almost August. That's crazy. All right, so that's playing right now over at Relevant.tv. Check it out. Now, uh, during the break, Maya was asking a question. What was that again? I wanted to know if I could request candy from somebody. No, it's unprecedented that we would actually request candy because, you know, it's been kind of the... the just general good naturedness of our listeners wanting to provide nice snacks for us while we eat or while we record well, the podcast. They don't have to send it, but if they want to, they but can. but I'm saying you know you're new, you yeah. don't know any better, so go ahead. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I would like to ask my fellow Minnesotans to uh, send me some candy that I can't find down here. It's just like the Twizzlers, like cherry niblets or whatever they're called, but they're not by Twizzlers. And um, what are they called? Cherry niblets? I don't know what they're called. But that's what they are. They're like little cherry Twizzler bits. Pieces. Bits and, like yeah. nuggets. Yeah, like nuggets. Little Twizzler nuggets. <laughs> yeah, my, f- my fam... <laughs> Anything called niblet is actually or, just disturbing. Or nugget. Nugget. I've are gotten them in um, the Nokomis area of Saint, of Minneapolis, Minnesota. So if, if anybody wants to send me some, I would eat them happily on air. <laughs> <laughs> Will you pay them to send them to you? No, but I'll say their name a lot. and <laughs> Not on the podcast, just in general, in life. Yeah, yeah, I will tell. and Go tell Pavarotti outside. Yeah, I'll have my family go yeah. talk to them up north. No. <laughs> yeah, they don't you, want that. You yeah, just, they probably don't want that. <laughs> if, you, if you send them, Maya will have Pavarotti sing your name <laughs> outside Jesse's window. <laughs> we now own buymorebibles.com. I just think that's funny. And we will put in a big Harry Potter book with an X through it. <laughs> I just got to figure out how to do that. I'm not a web designer, but I will somehow get an image on the internet. So, okay. High priority here in the office. <laughs> yes. yeah, stop the Let's presses. put the magazine on hold. <laughs> have you ever gotten a yell, stop the presses? No. I've, we don't have presses yeah. here. I wish there was, and there was yeah. like one lever that controlled this massive <laughs> lever. You know. yeah. yeah. I did one time, but it's because my tie was caught in the presses. <laughs> and it was followed by a lot of crying and pant wedding. What, what, what presses? Is that a true story? That, no, that's not oh. true at all. <laughs> so I would totally believe where, you. Where, where I mean, would you be with no, a tie I, presses? Yeah. I mean, my dad used to be a newspaper publisher, and so I've definitely been around a lot of presses, but I've never been we, sucked into one. We, we visited a press in college. They actually took us to, and it was, I mean, it was like three stories yeah, tall. Yeah, they're big. And they, told, they said it took like six years to put the thing together. I mean, they had to get it shipped well, over. Well, it was built by the Amish, that's why. <laughs> well, they had to get it shipped over in like segments from Sweden, because that's apparently where they make a lot of newspaper presses. I don't know. 
But I always I, I thought it, I had this thought when they were telling me that it'd be so funny that after like six years they finally you know have put it together and some guy walks over with like two weird looking <laughs> leftover pieces and like um, I don't think there were any extras so <laughs> and guys are just around scratching their heads like um, well it seems to work. <laughs> um, but until no. the tragic, yeah. horrible day <laughs> yeah. when they discovered where those pieces yeah. were supposed to go. Yeah. But they are pretty enormous. I mean, you guys, when we were in Owensboro, you saw the Messenger Inquirer, the uh, local paper where my brother works and where my dad used to work. It used to actually be located across the street, and uh, the the printing press when they moved across the street was so huge they had to actually just buy a new printing press and fill that whole basement in, including the printing press, with cement. So. Under the street there, there's an enormous printing press. It's like a block long. Wow. Yeah. And Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, yeah he's in. The, he's actually in the printing press. So they he was up. yelling, stop the presses, stop pulling the cement, <laughs> yeah. and he was trapped by his tie. So they actually just brought in the old Gutenberg, right? Yeah, the movable type. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a year and a half for them to yeah. do one issue. <laughs> Did you guys take pictures from your trip? Nope, we didn't have a camera. Oh. No, uh, I bought a disposable camera at the Creation Museum. I just haven't gotten it developed yet. I actually don't even know where it is. Um, <laughs> it wasn't in your luggage. I cleaned it out. Oh. It might be my uh, my backpack. Your backpack? Okay. Yeah. So, it, you know, if I can finish out the roll, we'll get those <laughs> developed and maybe put them online. Okay, so feedback. The last time uh, we, th- we were with you, because we skipped last week, uh, we asked you for... You know, talking about the Creation Museum, we asked you what what displays and stuff you would like to see in a Bible-based experience, whether it be a theme park or museum or whatever. So we're going to read you a few of those. So here's your answers. This one is from Bruce Merritt, and he has three. Um, And like most people, he's always been thrilled by large farm equipment. So an exhibit creating Solomon's 900-plus concubines would be very impressive. Wow, I think it would be hard to argue with. Oh, man. How come, hold on, I have a question, literally a theology question here. How come that was okay back then? It wasn't, it never says it's okay, it just was. Well, how come, like, the godly men had, uh, had... Because, I mean, people's hearts were still hardened to certain things, and, it's, like, people were a product of their times, and the Bible's just reporting the the historical event. It's not making a judgment call on it. Anytime you see where it talks about, like, wives and concubines, it it never really makes a judgment call on it it just reports it okay so those people were living in sin i mean like it didn't change with the the new law and all that i think essentially wow but they were able to do sacrifices and all that and kind of clean up their messes well there's all kind like the old testament it seems like is full of stuff that's like like crazy yeah i mean how come like no pastors today have 900 concubines yeah, I mean, you'd think one of the large televangelists and stuff would be like Solomon, you know, in, mm-hmm. in religious stature. In, Maybe uh, it's in secret. Oh, it is, yeah. usually. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, how come it's a scandal when it comes out then? And it wasn't a scandal for Solomon down well, Because that was the uh, societal norm. Yeah. Well, what if it's a, What if we made it the societal norm today? Well, it would probably... I mean, this is a, something we talked about in my theology admissions class in college. Is, you know, if you're a, a missionary somewhere where polygamy is practiced... Then what do you do when some guy gets saved and he has five wives? Do you tell him to divorce four of them? Well, no. Obviously, you don't. You know, I mean, Paul says that you should stay as you were when you got saved. It's a societal thing. It's definitely, I don't think it's God's will, but you also can't, you know, tell someone to cast off four of their wives. So I mean, and there, there are people... how would you pick, really? I mean, I mean there's, there's people that make biblical ar- arguments for polygamy. You know, because it's all over the Bible. I bet Bruce had no idea that his little joke would spark a serious conversation. <laughs> but his other two, I don't think anything serious will come of it. Because one of his others is a Noah's Ark log flume, where oh, no. each boat would contain a pair of wet, frightened animals. I would really hope that. <laughs> and he said, he said that the pictures taken at the bottom would be awesome. <laughs> and one more. Are they, are they like leashed or just they're free? free I like to imagine it's just like the Bible. Well, they didn't say if they're leashed in the Bible, but I can imagine just all running crazy in there. And finally, the Country Fair Jamboree Massacre. <laughs> Based on 2 Kings 2, 23 and 24, <laughs> where some boys were making fun of the prophet Elijah for being bald. Elijah called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord, and two bears came out and mauled 42 boys. 
This overly de- violent depiction would appeal to both desensitized youth and bald fathers. Which, okay, speaking of <laughs> speaking of weird stuff in the Old Testament, that's got to be one of the weirdest stories. It's like a prophet of God is walking around, and it's not like people are blaspheming or or making fun of his baldness. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, baldy." You know? It's like they, it's, what they it's actually say Costanza is, "Go move. on up, you bald head." <laughs> it's it's a, it's like a George. If if the prophet Elisha was George Costanza, this is how he would act. So instead of saying, you know, forgive them, they know not what they do, or just turn the other cheek, that's not what we see here. Yeah. We see God teach them a little lesson, bear style. <laughs> Lord, they made fun of me, kill them. Yeah. Have 42. no grace or mercy on them. <laughs> 42. Don't let me be an instrument of change yeah. in their life. I'm, I am them. sensitive about my baldness. <laughs> This is a touchy subject. All yeah. forty-two. The, of you. the for the in order for the punishment to fit the crime here, <laughs> clearly they're going to have to be mauled to death by bears. Yeah. So Here's the other th- question: uh, you're, you're with a group of forty-two guys. You're all able-bodied. You're young. You're whatever. A bear comes out. A couple bears come out. Two bears come out, and they start to attack your buddy. What do you do? Well, you run. run. Well, one how of did the, those two bears kill forty-two no, young men? One of them was Bear Grills. Oh, and he okay. was waiting well, in the weeds everything. with a stick and just threw it and hit kids in the head. They well, didn't even know what was going on. So it was two Bear grills. That's what yeah. it was. Okay. Well, Which 42 ever- kids are no match for even <laughs> one Bear grills. Uh, haven't you ever heard the saying, you don't have to be fast to outrun a bear just faster than the people you're with? Yeah. I mean, you would think that rule would apply. So, I'm saying, so maybe it was like 300 kids were making fun of them, and 42 of them got caught by the bears. Yeah. <laughs> That's still a good catch for those bears. I'm saying, because those bears are amazing. Well, I guarantee you those 200-odd other people are never saying one word again. <laughs> well, they learned a lesson the hard way. You have to read between the lines in that story, because what's implying is that two bears came out with sniper rifles. <laughs> <laughs> and having been to the, that makes sense. Well, having been to the country uh, bear jamboree, I can only imagine what the country band jamboree massacre <laughs> would have looked like. So, so good job, Bryce. That yeah. was a um, okay. Elizabeth Deveni says, "I would like to see a no corners cut, no holes bared exhibit on the Book of Judges." I'm assuming that's no holds barred, but it does say no holes bare. <laughs> well, it's just a segue so, from the last email. Yeah. yeah, so we will not show any holes. No holes shall be bared in this uh, exhibit on the Book of Judges. Uh, this has got to be the most gory, disgusting book of the Bible. It's mostly presented in tamed down versions of the story of Samson or Gideon. Obviously, this exhibit would not be family friendly. You're a sick person, Elizabeth, but I like the way you think. Uh, I mean, the Book of Judges, amongst other things features a, a scene in which a guy's laying down, sleeping, you know, after having fled an army, and the woman that, in whose tent he's sleeping nails his head to the ground with a tent peg. And then the Bible sees fit to tell us in the next verse, and he died. <laughs> Mine <laughs> Thank, is actually about that, too, from Adrian Randall Parrish. I uh, would like to see the most violent images in the Bible. And um, he died. He's sick. People. He did mention the one with the pig through the woman's head. He also said a woman cut up into 12 pieces. From First Samuel, he says a pile of 200 foreskins, etc. Oh, my. Oh, my God. You people are disgusting. He said the, later, the latter could also be included in an exhibit of the weirdest prices given for a dowry. I got one here from Justin Boyer, and he actually wants to... Uh, Come bring your budding pubertarian adolescent to sex ed, according to the Old Testament. The do's, but mostly don'ts of healthy sexuality. Spotlights. Shem and Japheth's procedure on how to deal with a naked and drunk father. Solomon's exhortation on why polygamy is a bad idea. Lot and his daughters on ungodly hospitality and ancestral relations. Side exhibits would include personal hygiene tips from Bathsheba. And what do a flock of goats, two fawns, and an orchard of pomegranates have to do with marriage? Remember, it's all in the Bible. Special discount for homeschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Mark Harrison. He would like to see his strange creatures of the Bible exhibit. Ooh. You could have the six-winged seraphim. So it's all Revelation mm-hmm. creatures. The living creatures, quote-unquote, for Revelation, that are covered in eyes. And maybe some Nephilim terrorizing a village. The ones covered in eyes actually scare me. Like, just thinking about a creature covered in eyes. It'd be very susceptible to eye pokes. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, you don't want to get that really creature around. Well, really, yeah. it's easy to defend I mean, yourself. whenever I hear that, 
like, I, all, all I can think of is, yeah, it's pretty scary looking, but probably not a very frightening creature to actually. Yeah. If, if it came down, if it came down like to if it, you and forty one of your friends were attacked by two of them. <laughs> 42 of you are walking away. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. And even just me, because last time I checked, I got 10 fingers here. And I just go in poking. Yeah. Can, can you imagine, you know, it's, it's approaching you and all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh gosh, I lost a contact. Will you, will you just help me look for it? <laughs> what the thing is, is they would see it immediately. Yeah. They would That's know true. exactly where it was. But, but the thing is, I know how bad it hurts to get poked in one eye. <laughs> yeah, think about 10 of them. Well, you how know, does it sit down? Oh gosh! And what is it? Does it float or does it walk on eyes? <laughs> no. Yeah, wait a second. See, this is why maybe well, this imagery it, is poetic. It was in heaven, right? Yeah. So there, maybe you know, in heaven, there's not like hard surfaces. Yeah, maybe maybe it's not bound by physical limitations. That's another right. possibility. But oh. I don't know. I mean, and if it is walking down the street. <laughs> What's the bottom one's looking at? I mean, really, I mean, you, why do you need them down there? That's not a practical be thing. Be walking around like, ooh, a penny. <laughs> it hey, never misses change on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. Someone loses contact? <laughs> it's his friend up ahead. <laughs> this one is from Jonathan Griffiths. He is an Englishman living in Idaho, and he Whoa, loves... How did that happen? He does not say, but he says he thoroughly enjoys laughs so hard at your British jokes slash comments. Hmm. Did so. you bring any, you're in Idaho, did you either bring any or have the, man, the knowledge to manufacture any Tato's? <laughs> because they're so good. Well, he's there with Bear Grylls, just going through Yellowstone. Is he so. an alien? <laughs> a legal alien? A legal he's hiding. Alien See, that's the thing, is he's hiding An in Englishman Idaho. in Idaho? Yes. Huh? The Sting <laughs> song? Anyone? Englishman oh. in New York? All right. Oh. I wow. thought you were literally saying he's probably an illegal alien wow. hiding in Idaho. No, have you heard the Sting song? No. Oh, if I was I'm an illegal an alien, alien from England, I would hide in Idaho. Never mind. <laughs> no one would ever look for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, Nobody they, would they look for me there. I don't think no they care. For you. Yeah. They're like, someone moved here? It's <laughs> <laughs> for a parade in your honor. Yeah. <laughs> you and the other 1,300 Mennonites who live in your square mile. <laughs> Wait, that's South Dakota. That's, yeah. Um, so Jonathan says he'd like to see a reenactment of the Feast of the Tabernacles. Okay. Yeah. Into <laughs> That's about it. Stuff. It's pretty serious. A reenactment? Let's just go down to Boston Market and reenact it tonight. Let's actually, yeah, let's feast. I feel bad for not doing more justice to Jonathan's story. It happens. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know, but he's like, he's in Idaho, living. This is what he looks forward to. <laughs> I, I ruined it. I'm really sorry, Jonathan. Well, okay. Go ahead and give more, give more justice to it. Okay. I'm going to try this again for you, Jonathan, out there. Um, it would be more of a Bible week away where you could be part of the celebration and feasting. You get to wear cool clothes and eat new food. It would cost a lot of money, though, he says, because you'd have to have a lot of people for the crowd and the priest, etc., so you have to rent a priest? Yeah, and then he tells us, if you don't know about the details of the Feast or Tabernacle, then go read about it. <laughs> Buy more Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you where the details aren't found. In the new Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> they got all these little, I was in the NPR, they got all these little Hogwarts school. Okay? Okay. All right, if you're going, if you're a kid, I'm, and I'm sorry if any parents send your kids to Harry Potter camp... But I, I just feel like, hey, you can, gotta draw the line somewhere. Yeah, can they can they learn how to magically get themselves out after being stuffed in their own locker? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> you know, I don't. And my issue with it isn't the isn't the subject matter of the book. It's that you're going to Harry Potter camp when there's baseball camp yeah, down the road, and you are going to be mercilessly beaten when yeah, you get back to school. Because if I went to and Lord there's not the a magic ring. cloak in the world that's gonna stop that. <laughs> and you know, there's some thirty year old who went. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> It's like I wouldn't go to Lord of the Rings camp, you know. Even yeah, I guess that's a sort of Christian comparable and thing. You really want to? Yeah, let's just not do things. <laughs> like, not that you won't go, you can't go. <laughs> Your wife won't let you. They've rejected me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I perhaps go, I was overeager. I would, I would go to space camp even to this day if they let. If I they would too. Want, I would go to space yeah, camp. I would too. Isn't it just like simul- simulators and stuff? Yeah, but it's still, it's simulators. Jumpsuit. And you wear a jumpsuit. Yeah. Okay, so that'll do it for your feedback. Um, now, with this week's editorial question of the week, here's my editorial question of the week. Hey. About once a year, we like to let you guys ask us the question. So well, they can ask us the questions. You're new. Oh, yeah. I won't answer anything. Yeah, you will. You'll be around. All right. 
would be nice. So, 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 really, you can we turn the tables and you can ask the podcast crew questions. So, send in your questions. Ask us what you want. Ask the three guys what you want. I'll sit here and not say anything. (laughs) Oh, that's awful. No, so just anything on your mind. (laughs) If there's anything on your mind uh, at all, just send us send us your questions. We'll flip it up next week and we will answer the editorial questions of the week that you send us. So, write into editorial at relevantmagazine.com or feedback at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, so we do have a bit of a uh, relevant update. And uh, it's to no surprise, I mean, there is somebody missing. So we wanted to update you guys on the status of Kara Davis and her birthing. She yes. gave birth when? What day? She On Thursday, July 19th at 2.07 a.m. So it was a late night yes. or an early morning. She went into labor Tuesday night, so... Wow. She was in labor all day on Wednesday and then had the baby at 2.07 Thursday so, morning. And and then she said that after she, after she had the baby, she didn't really sleep that night. Yeah. <laughs> so when we saw her later that afternoon, that explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah, she was very tired. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, that was and the next that day. Was yeah, the you next saw her day. the next day. Yeah. Well, she was drugged up that day, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, she was on some pain pills <laughs> to help out. But I'm, the baby... I'm usually on pain pills too <laughs> well that explains a lot uh-huh yeah my so, drugged up demeanor so the baby's name is madeline yes madeline and she was eight pounds ten ounces it's a hefty sized mm, girl good yes. sized kid yep uh 21 and three quarters inches long you're gonna be able to strap a good load to her yeah <laughs> that's that's good good fighting weight for a baby <laughs> that is now now kara said that uh there was some uh, i'd say above average aspects to madeline yes she went in this week to have the first uh checkup Mm -hmm. with the doctor after bringing her home and the baby's head madeline's head is in the 98th percentile (laughs) so she's got big old noggin on her no very smart very smart (laughs) now as a cute head as a as a child every time i went into the doctor from infancy on up I was mm-hmm. always in the 98th percentile of some sort of size and or weight. <laughs> so, is it so to me, that's just normal. <laughs> so Madeline and I will connect at a deep level. Yeah. yeah, you have a big head still. Thank you. It's hard to find hats. <laughs> <laughs> so does Adam. What? No, I actually have a below average size head. But that, the hat that, that, that I wore for the photo shoot of yours um, fit, it fits you, right? Yes, it fits me fine. And if. Yeah, I mean, it's a little it's a, snug, but it fits yeah, as well. Yeah, it's a little big on me. Oh, damn yeah. it. <laughs> That's actually one of those oversized novelty hats, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> See, if I go into like lids in the mall or something like that, and they have like fitted caps, they never have my size. Get extra large. I have to go to the big and tall fit. head shop. <laughs> <laughs> so will Madeline, too. So she and I can shop for Sunday hats together. <laughs> well, what, maybe her body will catch up with her head, and she's normal, you know? So she's going to be very, very large? <laughs> no, I'm just saying maybe it'll all balance out. I mean, she's only a couple, she's only like a week old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. She's got plenty of time. Her yeah. proportions will yeah. probably yeah. change. Yeah, let's not judge her her cranial proportions so quickly. <laughs> let's give her, give her at time. least another week or two. Yeah. yeah. Let her then double, we'll start making comments. Yeah, let's let her double her lifespan, and we'll talk about it next <laughs> yeah. week. So any is there any other news that Kara wanted to convey, Maya? There's lots of pictures on her blog. She went crazy the other night and just blogged. She blogged about her whole oh, labor I you process. Meant she went insane. No. Oh. She blogged about her whole labor process, if you want to know. Wow. And she put tons of photos of, of the labor process? No. <laughs> oh. Of Madeline. Oh, okay. All oh, okay. cute in her pink blankets and pink clothes and little bows. And okay, it's Davis Baby at, or David, davisbaby.blogspot.com. No. No. It's WordPress. Davisbaby.wordpress.com. Okay. Yeah, don't go to blogspot.com. That's another baby, and you won't like him. <laughs> it has a very small head. Yeah. So, um, well, so, you know, visit her at her blog and, and post a little message uh, yeah. wishing Carol well. Yeah. We and, miss her desperately. And a lot of, a lot of um, podcast people have been, have been blogging on it. Even her parents, when we went to visit that one day, they said that they were had some, you know, well wishes and stuff and on somebody the website. From, like Peru. Peru, oh, wow. yeah. I think we're we're all very excited. It's an exciting time, you know, around the office just because it I think it makes us feel like grown ups here at the podcast crew. <laughs> yeah. One, one, of, us is one of our crew has managed yeah. to procreate. She really is the only one. It, it puts the rest <laughs> of us yeah, it puts the rest of us to shame for not 
reaching that level of responsibility in our lives. We're but trying to put off we're as very long proud as of her. Yes, mm-hmm. we are very proud of her. Yeah. Actually, it made me reminiscent the other day. Like I knew her when she was in college and interning at the magazine that we worked for in Nashville. I knew her as a college kid, and now she's a mom. Did you reminisce mm-hmm. in the form of like a sitcom? Montage. Clip show montage with I like I stroke my chin and look. Just I look to the upper left and stroke my chin and things got wavy. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. there was a couple slow mo portions like high fives. And yeah, stuff. and it, it played everyone's fa- favorite Kara moments. You know the real memorable ones. Well, I remember all of her little dating escapades. I remember all of her crushes on Christian, you know, rock stars. You know, <laughs> I, I remember all of that. And now she's a mom. Mm. It's crazy. Wow. There you go. Very grown up. So uh, all, all the best to Kara, and check out her blog, and she will be back six weeks and counting. So on that note, uh, we'll wrap up this week's edition of the podcast. Thanks very much to my lovely wife for sitting in and upping the estrogen quotient sure. in the room. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Adam Smith. I'm Mrs. Cameron Strang. We'll see you next week. Time to go, time to go, go. Time to go, time. I'll tell you where the details aren't found in the new Harry Potter.